I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member of MavsMoneyball.com, and I am joined. As always, by my co-host, contributor Mavs.com on this trade deadline eve. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Ooh, it, it literally is like Christmas Eve. Like it's this is the most fun week of the season, right? I mean It is. It is the most fun week. And it's kind of more fun because the Mavericks fun has already happened, you know? Yes. We've already made the uh, the biggest splash um so far. Uh, the most surprising splash. We're we're happy with the everything that happened. Like we're pretty much just playing with you know house money at this point. We're just like, man, this it's so fun to go into the deadline knowing that like, <laughs> hey, you you're already a winner. Already you know, you're, yeah, you already uh, won so far. So, uh, man, it's exciting. But I think we just, we we could see some crazy things happen. Something crazy could have happened by the time you listen to this on on Wednesday. Yeah, so. I'm gonna drop this podcast right away, and uh, we're recording this currently at. Um, 9.24 Central Time. So just if anything happens, you know, we recorded this podcast before that. So I don't think it's going to happen with the Mavericks, but uh, something happened. There's a Marcus Gasol trade potentially talked about. The Lakers are currently playing for their lives right now <laughs> against Indiana. Um, so, uh, or they are they lost already today. I was going to say, uh, I think they just jumped <laughs> off the cliff. So, uh. <laughs> um, so. Today, what we're going to get to is uh, a little bit of the Porzingis stuff. A bunch of news dropped from uh, Cuban's comments on the fan that we haven't gotten to. Mark Stein had a newsletter today that talked about a whole bunch of stuff. Brad Townsend had a piece today. There's a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to briefly touch on this because we do want to get to a lot of trade deadline stuff. So we're going to hold some of this stuff. So there's a lot of stuff in that Stein newsletter and things like that. Oh, and Luca just tweeted at Dennis Smith Jr. Um, he quote tweeted the ball's life. Who said, who do you think will win the 2019 dunk contest? And Luca uh added Dennis Smith Jr. Of course. Still, yeah, we're all we're all gonna be rooting for still him. Still bros. Yeah, I'm I'm rooting for him still. Miles Bridges, Hamdu Diallo, John Collins, and Dennis Smith Jr. I got Dennis. Luke, I got Dennis Luca, all the way. Luca paid homage to Wesley Matthews today with the karate kid <laughs> headband. Oh, and... The karate kid would be such a great nickname if he just stuck with the headband thing, you know? If he if he wore that on Wednesday night, just shut Twitter down. Or uh, just shut it down because that that would be amazing. Oh right, and then there's a there's a Mavericks game uh, coming up tonight. So uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday against the Hornets, we're going to see look get our first look at. Oh my gosh, can I talk today, Dennis? <laughs> we've done so many podcasts in a row now. It's yes. I'm running out. I'm running out of, of complete sentences. We're going to get our first look at Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and Trey Burke in a Mavericks jersey on the actual court uh maybe we will get a look at them on the court i don't know but the mavericks are, are still kind of shorthanded so and we don't know who charlotte's gonna um gonna be thrown out there at, at the time we're recording this Except they could really hurt on go mavs <laughs> nick is all about this hashtag i'm running it uh, i'm running with it willie hernan go mavs if they do pull off a trade for mark gasol like shams uh, had tweeted out, then there's a good, good chance that they could be setting out uh, a decent chunk of players uh, on Wednesday night against the Mavericks. True. Um, or they could be, you know, a trade could already happened and they're, you know, being, you know, they're on their way to Memphis. But uh, so anyway, it could be, a, it could be a very weird game on Wednesday night. But um, 
hopefully it's a Mavericks win because they're just four games back from the eighth seed. Only four games back. Uh, there's there's definitely still you know room for them to to get back in this race. Um, there's was there three teams between them and the eighth seed, so they're, they're got there's a lot there's a lot of teams in there, but it's not a ton of games that they can definitely uh, make up. So all right, let's start with. Um, Let's do Cuban's <laughs> Cuban's comments on the fan. I just sent Isaac this picture of uh, the Lakers bench, and it's, it's like all the regular Lakers on the left, and then LeBron by himself with like three empty seats between <laughs> between them. T- Tyson's like, bro, man, I'd just rather be in Phoenix right now. Uh, I wish I imagine never imagine rather being in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So, uh, Cuban's comments on the fan. Let's let's briefly touch on that. Um, he said that it was Dirk's last season, like definitively, which we all kind of knew, but he just came out and this almost to me felt like, um, it felt like when, uh, you know, when someone's coming out of the closet and like someone gives, like says it before that person is allowed to say it themselves, you know what I mean? Cause it's their personal decision on wh- when they say that they're coming out of the closet and then somebody else like says it for them. That ruins that opportunity for them to, to do it like their own way. It sort of felt like that to me. It was kind of dirty. Yeah, it was. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I wonder. I wonder if him and Dirk had a conversation after that. Um, but no, I mean, because because now, don't you think he's gonna get the Derek Jeter? You know, everybody gives him a gift at every single game, kind of thing. He's already got. He's already, he's already getting the chance from fans. We've seen that like in Boston and New York and stuff like that. But you think it's gonna get crazier with like video tributes and things? Well, here's here's the thing. I think All Star. I think him doing All Star Weekend was the final nail in the coffin. You know, him doing all yeah, of this yeah. stuff, and and I think it was just going to be set in stone that, you know, that that's what's going to happen. So yeah, I mean, I think he was going to get it anyway. But it was kind of weird, you know, hearing Cuban just uh, definitively say that. And but oh well. Yeah, you know, I I, w- I wish it could have been dark, but at the end of the day, it's you know it, it's going to happen eventually. Um, yeah. and, but the thing that was kind of weird about it is that he used it as a way to kind of sell tickets for the Mavs. And it was like, uh, I, I, I get it, but to, to tell Dirk's you know, news like that, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm making too big of a deal about this. He also mentioned on the fan that um, it was Chris Porzingis camp that put this time frame together for his injury. We thought that was notable. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of uh, speculation was around this tension between Porzingis' camp and in New York of, hey, did Porzingis want to come back and play right now? And the Knicks wanted to tank, and maybe they were telling them, we don't want to play you the rest of the season because we want to tank for the better pick. And so a lot of people were trying to tie the, you know, strings between that and be like, okay, this is what it could be. Well, this shoots all of that down completely yeah. with, with Cuban saying, hey, this whole plan right now is was the plan all along for Porzingis in his camp. And this was, whether it's injury related or not right now, there's a lot of stuff hovering around that, hey, he could be medically clear right now. Like Bondi uh, in New York reported, hey, he's medically cleared right now. It's just they're working on the other stuff. They're working on the body and just getting everything uh, cleared on that on that aspect instead of just the medical side. So whatever it is, the Mavericks are sent back saying, "Hey, if this is your plan, sure, let's whatever you want, <laughs> because uh, we want you here long term." So uh, yeah, and like Dirk said, this trade was never about this season; it's about next season. So I, that was an interesting note that Cuban made. And he also mentioned Tim Hardaway Jr.'s role specifically and how. 
He's going to be playing off the ball a little bit more. He's not going to have to play make as much. We had a couple of Knicks fans tweet us and some people I, I saw on Reddit. And then even uh, Alex Wolf on the podcast a couple of days ago said that Tim Hardaway Jr. was just asked to do so much in New York. And he just, you know, would chuck the worst shots ever. And so hopefully that gets reined in a little bit. And uh, I thought that his comments about uh, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s role uh, added to the fact that in Mark Stein's newsletter uh, from the New York Times, he mentioned that uh, the Mavericks and uh, – oh, that's, okay, I'm going to read it exactly. The Mavericks and the Knicks, the teams, according to two people with knowledge of their talks, had been discussing a Hardaway for Matthews swap for weeks before January 28th. So maybe Bill Simmons wasn't that far off? <laughs> maybe he knew – the thing <laughs> is, I wonder sometimes if, if guys know something and then they just try to – Dan Patrick talks about this a lot. When, uh, when guys are hosting the draft, like the NFL draft – then they'll be like, oh, watch, I think they could go running back here. It's because somebody told them to pick in their ear and because they're trying to just throw it out there and just say, like, because it's it always sounds like this random thing. But they so know what you're what saying, is. what you're saying is <laughs> Tony, Ro- T- Tony Romo has a, an earpiece in from with a coach down the sidelines that's telling him to play so then he can try to predict the play. And that's why he's so How good. How dare you besmirch Tony Romo on this podcast? I'm just kidding. He's one of the best. He's the Keep greatest. going. So. I thought that was notable that the Mavericks do value Tim Hardaway Jr. and that they think that he can uh, – now, who knows if there is going to be a piece or something else included in that trade, but the framework of the Tim Hardaway Jr. for Wes Matthews trade had been talked about before, so uh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and we've talked about we think that uh, we'll see the best version of Tim Hardaway in Dallas and the fact that he's just going to be asked to you know catch and shoot for the most part and defend and not have to create as much. Kind of what – the original role for Wes Matthews was supposed to be and kind of what he, he kind of figured out towards the end there. Um, not what he was at the beginning of the season, but, um, the, uh, <laughs> before we traded him Wes. So yeah, I mean, I, he's what, 26 years old. So yeah. Th- yeah. And they got him under contract for a bit and let's put him alongside Luca and see what you got. Definitely. This guy is a bucket getter and uh, somebody that's really interesting. I also want to mention this. This is so random, but I was watching uh, Spurs Kings last night, and Yogi Ferrell had one of his games. He had 19 points off the bench, and the PA announcer for the Kings does this thing where anytime Yogi scores, he goes, Yogi, and then the rest of the crowd goes, Ferrell. It's almost like a college atmosphere, and it was just really cool, and I wish the Mavericks would have done it. I didn't know they had enough fans to actually make that happen. The Kings actually have really good fans. They, they've had really good fans for a while. So, and they have that new arena, and they actually have a really fun team, and they're better than yeah. the Mavericks right now. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be. We can't trash talk the Kings anymore. I wasn't trash talking the Kings. I was trash talking their fans. But they are, they are pretty fun. So anyway, I just thought that was super random. I wanted to mention that because he was a former Mav. All right, let's uh, the rest of the Mark. Let's take a quick break, and we'll talk briefly about the rest of the Mark Stein stuff, and then we'll hit some trades. All right, Isaac. So other little nuggets in the Mark Stein talks. Uh, we'll we'll get into this way deeper later, but I just want to mention some things because they're notable. Um, Mark Stein said one Mavericks official, not so jokingly, estimated that Dallas approached the Knicks quote about a hundred times before the team ever showed willingness to depart with Kristaps Porzingis. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, even Cuban building off the Stein thing. Cuban's interview with the fan. He even said how this thing came together so quickly is they had let the Knicks know way beforehand. If you ever 
decide to deal Porzingis. <laughs> we are very much interested. Now, uh, Stein saying, you know, joking about the 100, 100 times, he didn't say how many times they let the Knicks know that they were interested yeah. in Porzingis. So obviously it, it was a lot to where uh, uh, Dallas was one of their first calls. And then on the other hand, the Knicks, this is a direct quote from Mark Stein, the Knicks for their part have been expressing interest in Smith all season. Yeah, I mean, they liked him in the pre-draft process, and uh, I think they're they're just one of those teams that was monitoring the whole thing to where I think if you know there were smaller versions of uh, of a deal and something like this stuff that we've speculated before on this pod to where if that Tim Hardaway Wes Matthews thing could it grow into a Dennis and Frank Nilakina and those you know four players in a type Gosh, of deal I'm like so that. I'm so glad it didn't. You know, could, there were smaller versions of this deal that probably could have happened, and then obviously when Porzingis was an option, then you can't pass that for sure. And then the last—I don't know—I I do wish I getting greedy about it. I do wish they could have grabbed Nelikina somehow in this deal, but that's just getting instead greedy. of like Trey Burke or something. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's great. That's greedy at that point. Getting greedy at that point. All right. So the in the last thing I thought that was the most notable, um. I'm just going to I'm just going to read this word for word. Later in the day, according to the person, uh this is the day of the meeting with the day of the trade essentially, the day of the meeting between Porzingis and the Knicks. Giannis Porzingis provided the Knicks with a list of four teams he and Kristaps had deemed acceptable trade destinations. So this is something we've seen now Anthony Davis do, Kawhi did it, Jimmy Butler did it, Kyrie did it. Uh most of them got traded to a team that was not on their list and uh Porzingis is one of them because the Nets and Los Angeles Clippers were among those teams, but Dallas was not on the list. Wow. Interesting. And, you know, I think this is, and he alluded to this in Stein's newsletter, is I think this this played into the quickness of the deal because if this gets out and his list gets out, does Dallas' offer go down? And that's where if this if Dallas had this offer on the table – and the Knicks are sitting there saying, okay, we could shop some of these other teams, but this Dallas deal, man, we're getting our full cap space. We're getting uh, the Flyer and Dennis. We're getting two first. If we put out this list and this whole thing becomes public and Dallas isn't on this list, Dallas might start taking assets off the board of their deal. And that's probably what played into how it happened so quick. And I think it was also mentioned in, in Mark Stein's newsletter that the Knicks also wanted to get this done real quick before that news got out. So the Mavericks offer didn't go down too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. That's what I meant that the Dallas wouldn't, you know, would still keep the same offer. Oh, on I, the thought table. You meant, I thought you meant went down, like actually happened. Not like they decreased oh, yeah. their offer. Yeah. Yeah. I meant down decreasing their offer, so, but it was all well, interesting just, stuff. I'm just going to say, I'm glad Brooklyn uh, was not able I to know. bid. Because uh, we were texting today, and uh, I think Brooklyn could have outbid to Dallas in the in this whole deal. But yeah, I think, anyway. I'm, I think I'm with you. All right, let's uh, let's move on and talk about um, the only real players I think left that the Mavericks are looking to trade or or accepting calls. They're, the Cubans said they're not actively engaging in trade talks, which I don't know. I, I don't know if I believe that. I think <laughs> I think they probably are. They're just not, you know, wanting to report it. Um is Harrison Barnes and Dwight Powell. Those feel like the only two guys that could be traded, right? Yeah, and and it's mainly just because of salary stuff because at this point after this deal, they're they're you know, I think Zach Lowe wrote in his piece, they're at like 9 or 10 million in cap heading to the summer and 
you know, Dwight and Harrison are the, the biggest contracts really on the books that if they decided to try to move one of those before Thursday, that they could be back to being players uh, in free agency this summer. Definitely. So, um, yeah, you mentioned that you mentioned earlier that like Windhorse and Zach Lowe and Kevin Arnovitz have all speculated about Harrison Barnes and talked about that. Other guys, I believe Tim McMahon even mentioned uh, in one of the Porzingis columns that um, Harrison Barnes and Dwight Bauer are kind of the last big contracts that could be moved. So you have a whole bunch of ideas on things that the Mavericks could accept or pursue uh, if they did want to try to get off Harrison Barnes' money and Dwight Powell's money. You know, should they pick up their player option? This is, this is all a ton of hypotheticals because yeah. their their money next year is hypothetical. They could turn it down. We neither of us expect them to or think that they will, but it definitely could happen. And then we don't know if the Mavericks are even taking calls on them, which uh, I think that they. Probably will be, but we don't know if they are for sure. So it's all it's all very hypothetical, but that's what the trade deadline's all about, and we love it. Yeah, and on a personal note, you know it's super hard for me to talk about Harrison Barnes and not being a Maverick because I love Harrison. I love him as a guy and him being in Dallas. Uh, but this is what fans are talking about right now, and this is what national reporters like Winhorse, McMahon, and all these guys uh, are, are speculating on and talking about if Dallas will trade Barnes. So... Therefore, we're bringing this up on a podcast, and we're going to – why are you laughing? This is Isaac Harris in a nutshell. Man, I really love Harrison Barnes. He's the greatest. You know, I love him. I, I've loved him ever since North Carolina. But here are 15 trades that send Harrison Barnes out of town. <laughs> <laughs> because we host a podcast that a lot of Mavs fans listen to, and uh, we got to give the people what they want. So, uh, so okay. So, if Dallas – if Dallas looks at this deadline and says um, – what are some options that we could look at with Harrison across the league? So I think there's three different pathways you could really approach this whole Harrison um, trade thing if if they go that route. Would you would you rather switch Harrison for another longer term contract that you think is a better fit? Would you rather dump Harrison Barnes for absolutely nothing and just expiring contracts? Or would you try to dump Harrison Barnes, but also get some type of flyer asset also? That's that. I think those are the three different pathways. So I'm going to give you a couple, a handful of names. And you tell me if you would rather have any of these guys instead of Harrison Barnes right now. To where if they called up one of these teams and said, hey, we'll trade Harrison Barnes for one of these guys. A package around one of these guys. It's similar long-term money. You tell me if... Dallas should entertain or used to think about any of these players. Okay. Otto Porter. May, uh, maybe. Yeah. That people have talked about that a lot. Zach Lowe even put that, I yeah. think in his, in his yes. piece a while back that we talked about and that Washington yes. didn't have much interest in uh, a Harrison Barnes for Otto Porter swap had been talked about, but that Washington said no. Cause uh, Washington's, Washington's owner doesn't want to trade any of the, the three, which is kind of crazy. After the news of John Ooh. Wall's injury, I don't know if that has changed. It probably should because, man, they're going into next year with legit $30 million in dead weight, which is just that's, yeah, that's I mean, a third not, of your cap just, you're not getting any production from. I literally texted Nick and said, the worst contract in basketball got even worse somehow. Some, and by um, the time he comes back with, from that injury, he's going to be 30. Dang. Um, okay. Evan John Fournier. Wall's career is just like already passed before our eyes. It's crazy. It really has. Evan Fournier. Don't Google his last name, but um, probably no. No, I'd rather have Harrison Barnes, I guess. 
Okay. He has he is making a little bit less, obviously, but he's still, not expiring either, too. No, no, no. These are all like longer term contracts where if you would like you look at him and say, you know what, I'll pay this guy an extra year, maybe two years, because I think he might be a better fit than Harrison. We can, yeah, we can mention Auto Border is a, a better shooter than Harrison Barnes, too, by the way. That that needs to be mentioned. Yeah. So Porter, Evan Forty <laughs> Andrew Wiggins. No, get out of here. I'm done. You love Andrew Wiggins, I'm out. I like Harrison more. Uh, similar contracts. Kent Bazemore. Kent Bazemore is expiring. Oh, I thought he had another year after this year. I'll look it up. I'm pretty sure he's expiring. Who's the better fit with the Mavericks? Harrison Barnes or Kent Bazemore? Harrison Barnes. I agree. I like it. Some people are like screaming at us right now. but No, who is? I don't know. There's a bunch of people who hate Harrison Barnes, and I don't get it. Well, <laughs> That's true. If Portland, Harrison would be great with Portland, I think. But Ken Bazemore, same same as Harrison Barnes, he has a player option for nineteen million next year, so a little less, uh, about six million less, but still player option. Yeah. So so if Atlanta called and said we'll swap Bazemore for Barnes, do we also get Vince Carter and the Winging It podcast, and it gets oh to be ho- and it gets to be hosted by like Skin or somebody or Dana Larson <laughs> instead? <laughs> I, would, I would take no. that. Uh, Evan Turner. No. Longer. I think Por- Portland would like that. Yeah, because they could get off that money quicker. Because Harrison would be nice in Portland. Nice. Um, I'm going to save this last player for the very end because I think that's the route that Dallas actually right, will te- take. Tease the next one. We'll take a quick break. The next one is two just straight-up salary dumps if Dallas said, we want $25 million in cap space next year instead of Harrison Barge, which would be kind of sad, but... That's the route, maybe. That's a pretty bad tease, but we'll talk about it when we come back. All right, Isaac, tell me the players you would just straight up dump Harrison Barnes for and not get anything interesting except for cap space. <laughs> well, if if Dallas does look at it and say, we would rather have $25 million in cap space this summer, you definitely could call Sacramento up and say, Zach Randolph and Shumpert. You would be punting on the rest of the season Ooh. because you you'd be lo- losing Harrison Barnes. They don't get anything. But I know that's the thing. Like, I mean, you would want an asset with that. You know, can we get some? Can we get at least Zach Randolph and Dirk Nowitzki minutes just together? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, both of them would probably just be bought out at that point. But no, not um, Dirk. What are you saying? No, <laughs> Randolph and Shumpert. <laughs> <laughs> Phrasing okay. <laughs> Um. Yeah, but I would love to see some Randolph and Dirk minutes. <laughs> oh gosh. Also, Shumpert's had a little revitalization in Sacramento. He's because you watched that game the other night. I watched some of that game too, and I was like, oh, he's actually playing decently well. No, no, I, I've watched some other games of that of theirs this year too. He's he's had a decent year. He started some games for them because he's like the only three they have besides Justin Jackson. I like Justin Jackson. Bogdanovich is a three, but they like him off the bench. They like him yeah. with that bench role. Now, if Dallas could get Bogdanovich. There's a that's that's one. a different story. Continuing the European Union, you know, isation that we're doing with the Mavericks right now. European Union. You know what? I saw somebody throw out the other day the Euro duo, and I kind of like that a little bit. I still like the Euro Step Brothers. Yeah. Um, what if Minnesota called and said Taj Gibson and Jared Bayless, both expiring contracts? Put him with Towns and Wiggins. Oh my and- gosh, Harrison Barnes and Wiggins is just that's just this, 
too much of the same. Okay, those hurt because those are just straight up salary dumps, and I just I couldn't. I couldn't but the idea, on the that. reason why you would do something like that is because players this summer were going to be interested in playing with Porzingis and Luca. Absolutely. And there's guys this summer that are, are signable. There's guys like a I don't know, like a Miritich, you know, or maybe like a Julius Randle, or you know, guys like that that could be available this summer that the Mavericks could sign. Um, even um, the crazy one, but like Chris Middleton is a guy that people have talked about a lot. Uh, he's probably going to stay in, in you know Milwaukee, especially since he just became an All Star there. But um, even Eric Bledsoe is a guy that is going to be a free agent this summer. I think is interesting. Um, some of that, one of that like hard nosed defensive kind of guy that Cuban even talked about on the fan that the Mavericks need. Yeah, and and that's the that's the question Dallas has to ask themselves of is Harrison Barnes going to be better than any of the free agents we could possibly get? Because even if you think the Chris Middletons of the world are all staying staying with their teams or going to a bigger market or whatever it is, you have to ask yourself, like, okay, would I rather have Harrison Barnes at twenty five or pay for somebody else that, you know, would be an overpay or something like that yeah. for you know, that for two or three years? And that that's why I lean more towards Barnes in that scenario. But okay, here's a handful of options that it would be a salary type of dump to where it'd be a, a big expiring contract, but you would be getting a young flyer asset in the Ooh. deal also. So this would have to happen on Thursday because George Hill would become eligible then, but George Hill and Thon maker for Harrison Barnes. Oh, interesting. You, you, At that, tr- you try to roll the dice on a Thon maker, Christoph Porzingis future. That's the future of your front court. George Hill uh, is, he only has like 1 million. He's basically an aspiring contract. I think you mentioned this last time on our pod that he has like 1 million guarantee for next season. Yeah. Uh, and then they could even, I don't know, you buy him out at that point, And then you take the flyer on Thon maker. Milwaukee would be um, sacrificing some of the cap space that they created for this summer, but they could always go over it to re-sign Middleton and, and we don't, don't know, know if Harrison Barnes will pick up his option somewhere else like that. That's true, and we've talked about that before too. So yeah, like, but, would, he want, would he want to pick it up in Milwaukee? Nah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you're going, if you're winning, and I, I think he would be nice on that team with Giannis and and Middleton and stuff. But um, okay, Philadelphia for Wilson Chandler and Markel Fultz. Yeah, you mentioned this one. I I like it. I just don't think Philly would do it because they also need that space this summer to re-sign. But JJ why Reddick, do they need Jimmy the Butler. space though? They can go over the cap to re-sign them. That's that's the thing. And Harrison Barnes would. And they're starting Mike Muscala right now. Barnes would step right in as they're starting four, and you would have Ben Simmons, Barnes, Embiid, Reddick, and Jimmy Butler. Like that's the roles that Jim that Harrison Barnes would be at his best in. Just yeah, like he wasn't Golden State again. <laughs> yeah, and Except I mean he would be four. he would kill it for him, and then that you just go over your cap and resign, you know, Jimmy Butler and crap. That that would be an all uh, an all in type of swing that like hey, Harrison Barnes upgrade over Mike Muscala it would be huge for them. And then if you're Dallas, you swing on Markel Fultz. You buy out Wilson Chandler probably, and then you go into next season, you spend the rest of this year and the summer and stuff trying to fix Fultz, and then the possibilities are endless saying Fultz, Luca, and, and KP. There's a ton of question marks um, around uh, around all of that. But, man, if you hit, if you hit that that would be uh, insane. There's injury concern. There's there's uh, mental concerns. There's no concerns about Luca, but, you know. No. Um, what if – 
what if Houston got super desperate and put basically the same Jimmy Butler type package for Harrison Barnes? Which would be Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris, Nene, and like two first round picks. Though, just because they wanted to get off those guys. The problem is they need live bodies right now. They need, I, well, they that's, need multiple live bodies. But like Harrison Barnes, I mean, they, they love guys like him. I mean, the six, eight wings that can hit threes and stuff. So, I mean, the, basically, would you trade Barnes for, to, and pay Brandon Knight one more year, but you would get two first out of it? If you get two first, yeah, absolutely. I just don't think you're okay. going to get that. Barnes would really help you. You might get one first for that. Yeah, but you're if all if all of them were expiring contracts, I would understand one first. But you would have to pay Brandon Knight like fourteen million next year or something. And I'm not I'm not about to pay him fourteen million just for a a draft pick that's going to be in the thirty or like a thirty. Anyway, that's Kyle Kuzma. He's in the skills challenge, you know. So (laughs) skilled player. Apparently, he's a great asset for Anthony Davis. Um. (laughs) Okay. He's good, but he's I don't understand why he's in the skills challenge. It's just not what he like it's not him. V- Vooch is in the skills challenge. That makes sense. <laughs> and Jokic is in the skills challenge. And Luca and Fox. A couple other players that I can't remember. I guess I'm under uh, undervaluing Vooch. I, I understand Jokic because I see Jokic with these crazy passes and like handling the ball. I think Vooch coming is down averaging the court. almost four assists a game. Okay. See that I just I need to watch Orlando a little bit more. The other ones are Conley, Tatum. And Trey Young. Yeah. Go Tatum is kind of weird, too. Tatum and Kuzma are very weird in that. Yeah, Tatum's weird. Um, okay, this one is probably going to be jacked up by the Marcus Gasol thing. Is there any asset Charlotte could attach to Batum for you to swap Batum and Barnes? No. None. Malik it, Monk? It would be like four first-round picks. Seriously. <laughs> Isn't his contract is just so long. It's, well, it's kind of like Conley. Get, it would, it would be paying him one more year than than Barnes. So let's see. Because if Barnes opts in for next year, yeah. Batum's on the books for next year, and then he's on the books for a year after that. So you what, have to get something good. I mean, you have to get a first round pick, like their Mal- first round pick, Malik Monk, and a first round pick or to swap. To swap, they're not going to go with Bridges, but Malik Monk and a fur and a and a top ten protected first to swap Batum and Barnes. No. Okay. I'm not saying I'll do any of these deals. I'm just throwing at you where I think teams could think about. I just would rather get the free agent money, like the free agent cap space sooner. Okay, two more, and, this, and that's it. I got it. I do uh, like Monk, though. If Brooklyn says, we want to make the playoffs this year, we want to push, and we don't think we're going to get any big max guy this summer, Damari Carroll and Harris for Harrison Barnes. Joe Harris? Yeah. No, they like Joe Harris. Yeah, but... Also, they're sixth right now in the playoffs. They're making the playoffs. But would we not agree that Barnes would be an upgrade over Damari Carroll and Joe Harris? Yeah, they don't know what they're doing at their four spot. Yeah, because then you'd have Jared Allen, Harrison Barnes, Dinwiddie, D'Angelo Russell, Kuroks. It's a fun little team. And if you're Dallas... Uh, Carroll's an expiring. Joe Harris is under contract, but he would fit nicely alongside. Oh, he's Luka. lights out. He's in the three point contest with Dirk. Yeah. 
Uh, you could also swap out if you wanted to do the straight salary dump. They also have guys like Alan Crabb and Jared Dudley. They're on expiring deals also. They could really match any long-term contract with expirings. That's why I said that they could they could have probably outbid Dallas for in the Porzingis uh, trade stuff because they have some younger guys uh, that would, I mean, for being honest, that are better than Dennis and they have their picks and they have the expiring contracts to match the, the other ones. But. The thing about Brooklyn is they keep getting put in these lists, you know? People keep, Porzingis put them in their list, Jimmy Butler put them in their list. Yeah, because they're in New York. Man, they, they just keep getting put in these lists. And so the, I, I think that they would rather see what they have in free agency this summer. Yeah, yeah, I can understand. Just take a shot at it. All right, can I tell you what I think is going to happen this summer? Oh, what do you think is going to happen this summer? All right, so th- this is what I'm just going to go out on a limb. I, ex- I expected you to say nothing. Just, that's <laughs> um, if So if Dallas has around $10 million cap space right now, if they found a way to, not Harrison Barnes, but if they find a way to trade Dwight Powell for an expiring, that would, correct me if I'm wrong, that would open up around 19 or $20 million, right? In cap say, space? Say it again. If they have, if they're going to the summer with around ten million cap space now, and they swap out Dwight Powell for an expiring contract before yeah, they, the they Thursday's deadline, yeah. they'd have around nineteen twenty million. Goran Dragic has a player option for nineteen million next season. What if he does DeAndre Jordan two and says, "I'll, I'll opt out." And then sign the one-year deal for what my option is supposed to be in Dallas for nineteen million. And that's I'm what Dallas, it. That's what Dallas uses their cap space on, and they roll into next season with Dragic, Luca, and Porzingis. And Dragic is only on the contract for one year at that point. At his nineteen million, what he was supposed just to make like with DeAndre Miami, this year. just like DeAndre, because he's thirty-two. Now we're not talking about tampering, are we? No, no, we would never, we would never discuss tampering on this podcast. <laughs> but that that idea is contingent on the fact that they move Dwight Powell somehow. Yes, because they would need that extra and or Harrison Barnes. Now they could also contact Miami before the Thursday's deadline, and say let's get ahead of the curve and let's see what we could do because they have some longer contracts like James Johnson, Kelly Olynyk that are three more years instead of you know Dwight you know going to next year or even Harrison Barnes that they They're could. A mess. Yeah, they could really get um, if Dallas was willing to take back an Olenek or a James Johnson, one of those longer term contracts, and swap them out with you know even like a Barnes or a Dwight, you know, with Dragic, <laughs> Kelly Olenek, Kristaps Porzingis, and Dirk all on the same roster. It's just unfair, guys. It'd just oh be gosh. unfair at that point. So anyway. There you go. We just threw at you. If if Dallas does entertain Harrison Barnes, I think Harrison Barnes will be a Maverick past Thursday. I do too. But if but if they do entertain it, like a lot of people are talking about on podcasts right now, those are different angles and different pathways that uh, they could entertain or they could get calls about come Thursday. Definitely. So look for a Dwight Powell move because if that happens, I really like that Goran Dragic idea. Um and yeah, we would have to learn how to pronounce his name correctly because I can just I can hear all the the little tweets. It's Dragic. We just I we, stuff just gets in our head all the time because we we're trying to yeah. We I'm just usually have someone... reading it. I don't usually hear it. Yes, exactly. So there you go. That's a whole bunch of trades. That's the Mavericks stuff. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, 
if there is some breaking news, obviously, you know us. You, you, we've already done this. We've, we've been through the drill. This is like exactly. We have been around with this. There are other podcasts out there that like just didn't even do a podcast during the trade deadline or during during the Kristaps Porzingis trade. You guys know where we are. We'll be there right there with the reaction podcast, right there with an emergency pod. We love emergency pods. They're so much fun. The last one was so much fun. It got listened to so many times. It's obviously the highest that you know, the highest podcast we've ever done, even higher than the DeAndre Jordan over the summer or Luka Doncic being drafted. Just just Or the Nerlands trade, Nick. Or the Nerlands trade. Um <laughs> Well, that doesn't count because we were on another platform, so it was different, true, it was different numbers. But the I, I think it's safe. To, I haven't looked exactly, but it's safe to say that the podcast that we did for the, the emergency pod for Porzingis had twice as many downloads as the Luca's Drafted podcast. Yes, and that one had a ton of people listen to it. I think we can easily say it's double, at least double, probably more. Which, yes. is, just, which is to say that this community has grown so much and we appreciate the raccoon squad absolutely absolutely we can't praise you enough thank this you this week so much. has been crazy and uh, we look forward to hopefully another trade for the mavericks and another move that'll tell us more about their plans going forward and as cuban alluded to don't be surprised at the buyout market if dallas is a player Ooh. because people want to come play here and a lot People are not mentioning Dallas when it comes to ballot players, but watch out for that over the next few weeks. Willie Hernan, go Mavs. <laughs> Just kidding. He's not going to get bought he's, out. He's going to speak it into existence. <laughs> yeah, this is my thing. Kirk had his Luka, Luka getting drafted. He also has his – now he has his trade Harrison Barnes thing that he's trying to speak into existence, and I have this <laughs> on a much smaller <laughs> scale. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.